0: Man, remember when firefighters were cool? Heroes who ran into inferno, saved kitties from trees, and posed for calendars? Those days seem long gone, at least in Southern California. The Los Angeles Fire Department, LAFD for short, is now better known for scandal. As of last month, just 64% of them are fully vaccinated. More than 100 of them live out of state, yet still pull down nice salaries and benefits. And women, they only make up 3.5% of the force. And those who are in it have gotten a steady stream of harassment from their male colleagues. I'm Gustavo Ariano. You're listening to The Times, daily news from the LA Times. It's Thursday, November 4th, 2021. Today, we talk about what women in the LAFD are dealing with, from trash in their lockers, to feces on bathroom floors, to nasty remarks, female firefighters have had enough. We'll talk to LA Times City Hall reporter, Dakota Smith, who has covered this hazing culture. And we'll also hear from a former LAFD battalion chief who knows all about this stuff because she was a victim of this toxic culture too. In 2019, a group of female firefighters met with Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti to decry an L.A. fire department that one described as, quote, littered with cruel leadership and misogynistic coworkers." end quote. Garcetti vowed to make changes, but critics say that, like that great Johnny Mathis and Denise Williams songs went, his actions have been too much, too little, too late. Dakota Smith now joins me to talk about this year's long battle. Dakota, welcome to The Times.
1: Happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: You've talked to women firefighters, some who have even stepped away from the job because of what they say is a hostile work environment. What are some of the stories that they shared?
1: Yes, yeah, so I've talked to, for instance, a woman named Katie Becker, who used to be a firefighter with the Los Angeles Fire Department. And she said that she endured hazing and retaliation in her time as a department. And she provided some really graphic details about what she said went on, for instance, She said one time she came back to her fire station and someone had written the word junk on her helmet. And in another instance, she showed up for a shift and the male supervisor looked at her and said, there's no way I'm working with a chick. She also said that she heard from other female firefighters about their experiences and that they also experienced hazing and retaliation one of the more disturbing instances was talking about just the use of the women's bathroom where men would use the women's bathroom and basically soil it on purpose and leave it to the women to clean up. And these were all really disturbing stories for a department that like, as you said, Garcetti, when he took office in 2013, he really said he was going to boost the number of female firefighters at the department. And he was also going to tackle some of the deep cultural issues that have uh, really tainted that department for years, which are obviously misogyny and and racism. People just say that not enough has changed since he took office.
0: Los Angeles Women in the Fire Service, it's an advocacy group within the department. They say some female firefighters want to speak out even more, but they fear retaliation. What kind of retaliation are they talking about?
1: Well, that's exactly the issue is the retaliation. If you look at actually the numbers, first of all, you know, female firefighters make up only about 100 of the roughly 3,000 firefighters. So if you do speak out, if you're a woman, you know, it's going to be pretty clear perhaps who you're talking about.
2: Good morning, everyone. Uh, I'd like to thank the media for being here this morning and introduce our speakers today. My name is Christine Larson, and I am president of Los Angeles Women in the Fire Service and a 31-year veteran firefighter an officer within the department.
1: Chris Larson has told officials that women are too scared to speak out. They're too scared to speak about, about the hazing.
2: The fear of retribution and retaliation is now so pervasive within the department that it has deeply affected the morale within the fire stations and has left even more members hurting. We are told that as we are going through the drill tower, your reputation will make you or break you in this department. Graduating the drill tower, I had a good reputation. That is, until that day when everything changed. I was raped in a fire station by a fellow firefighter. This event has made this past year the worst year of my life. Or
1: um, what one woman talked about being iced out, where you're not picked for shifts or you're just totally ignored
2: given the silent treatment. Someone that I work with, who I have ran into burning buildings with, Who was supposed to have my back, took everything from me. He barely acknowledged me when I was at work and talked to me only when it was necessary.
1: I think what women fear is being identified that they will speak out A complaint will be drafted, and then somehow it'll get leaked out. Chris Larson has said the LAFD is very gossipy. So what these women fear is that they will file a complaint. Somehow it'll get leaked out. It'll get traced back to, oh, well, you know, this woman works at station so-and-so. The people there will find out she complained, and then the retaliation and the hazing will just get worse.
0: Women aren't the only ones who have described the toxic culture within the L.A. Fire Department. There's also been high profile lawsuits by black firefighters alleging discrimination as well and hazing.
1: Exactly. This has been going on for years. There was a famous incident in which a black male firefighter was secretly given, I believe, dog food and he ate it. He didn't know what it was. And there's been some recent lawsuits filed by black firefighters who allege discrimination. So. These are long-standing issues, and I think what's disturbing is that you have a very progressive city of a progressive mayor, and the fact that these sort of issues are still going on really frustrates people. I guess it shouldn't be surprising to some, though. I mean, even though, you know, politicians love to get the endorsements of firefighters, you know, there's just sort of maybe more conservative um, opinions of some of these firefighters than the politicians really want to acknowledge. And if you even just look at what's going on with the vaccine mandates, you know, about a thousand firefighters have joined a lawsuit against the city, basically saying that the vaccination is something that's an experiment and that they're against. And so they are not being afraid to sort of dig in their heels over opinions that are not perhaps mainstream in LA, Um, they are pushing back. So it puts a lot of pressure on the politicians who obviously have these relationships with these unions that represent the firefighters and the firefighters themselves.
0: What does the LAFD leadership say about all these harassment allegations?
1: You know, right now, there was a recent commission meeting and Chief Tarazas, who heads up the fire department, he urged the women who are undergoing harassment or hazing. He said, please file complaints, please step forward. And he said that the department can't act if they don't know about it, but that sort of highlights the problem is is that women aren't stepping forward because they're too scared to. And the chief said at that meeting, "You know, we can't act on rumors and innuendo. We can't do anything unless we know about it, but at the same time, they're not coming forward. So it's almost like a third party really needs to get involved and somehow bring everybody together in this case, because it doesn't seem like the remedy of what the fire department is suggesting is going to be the answer.
0: We'll have more after this break. Dakota, nationwide, are you hearing about similar allegations by other female firefighters, the way it's going on in LAFD? Like, I know in Florida, there was a deputy fire chief who's a black woman, had to deal with a mural with her face and another black fire chief as well, and their faces were whitewashed.
1: Wow, I hadn't heard that story. I've heard different stories. I mean, the woman in the fire department who I talked about originally, Katie Becker, she actually left and moved to a fire station in Colorado and works with that department there. And she told me that she has none of the experiences that she experienced at the LAFD. So I think that it is, you know, really probably depends on the culture of the place. But another, you know, nationwide issue obviously is just getting more women into the positions as firefighters. But cities like San Francisco have done a better job. And that's part of why Garcetti made it his mission is because he knows it's a big problem.
0: The Los Angeles Board of Fire Commissioners, they're supposed to have oversight over LAFD, but there's been turmoil there as well as to how best to investigate these
1: allegations of harassment. Yeah, as, as you said, the Board of Fire Commissioners, I mean, in the years I've been covering City Hall, I have never seen such contentious back and forth on a commission in a, a really long time. These commissions really are just filled with appointees of the mayor They don't usually tend to get so much attention, but there's just been all this turmoil on the commission with some commissioners speaking out, accusing the union of things, accusing the department of things. And it's really been sort of somewhat of a distraction and a black eye for Garcetti that the people that he has hired to sort of oversee the department are just really not getting along, not getting along well with the department and not getting along with the union. And so we're probably going to see some changes. I would not be surprised if there was some drastic changes, like perhaps the chief stepping down before Garcetti leaves, to be honest.
0: Wow. Where do you think that tension comes from on that board?
1: Well, you have the fire union, UFLAC, which is arguably one of the most powerful unions in the city. Then you also have the fire department, which is a department that's being pressured to make changes by the politicians. And then you have commissioners who sometimes have their own agendas and they want to see changes that perhaps the department and the unions aren't ready to implement. And sometimes the commissioners won't agree with Garcetti, which creates an awkward position So that's some of the dynamics that are going on right now. Um, There was a commissioner this summer who was removed by Garcetti, essentially. This commissioner's name is Andrew Glazier. He said that he was told by a top staffer in Garcetti's office that he was being removed because the union basically wanted him gone. And so that's the sort of dynamic that's in place. The union has denied this and the mayor's office has denied this. But this is the sort of public scene that is playing out right now.
0: Finally, the female firefighters that you talk to, how do they say things could get better for that workplace environment, if not for themselves, but maybe for future female firefighters?
1: Well, that's a really good question. There is a study that hopefully will come out soon that could shed light on women's experiences. The city is going to be underdoing a a sort of assessment of how female firefighters feel on the job. I think right now that, the issue is just so contentious that not not a lot of politicians really wanna get behind it. And that's been somewhat surprising to me is that not more city hall politicians are sort of calling for an investigation, which we would usually see when we publish a story like this. And so I think people are just sort of perhaps fearful of getting involved in this. And so they wanna see first what the study says and if the study sort of bears out The headlines that we've been reporting. And then I think we'll just see, we'll see after what happens
2: with that.
0: Dakota, thank you so much for this interview.
2: Thank
1: you.
0: Coming up, we speak to a former LAFD battalion chief about her experiences fighting alleged discrimination and retaliation. Stacey Taylor retired from the Los Angeles Fire Department five years ago with the rank of battalion chief. The 26-year veteran was a founding member of the Los Angeles Women in the Fire Service group. Even years later, even as she now lives in England, Taylor still gets queries from women firefighters on how to address gender discrimination at their stations. Stacey, welcome to The Times.
2: Thank you, Gustavo. Thanks for having me.
0: When you were still at LAFD, you worked on audits and reports about conduct in regards to gender and racial bias, nepotism, and more. What were your findings?
2: So my 26 years that I served on the fire department, during my career, there were several audits and reports that were done and conducted through the LAFD, specifically in regards to sexual harassment, discrimination, racial bias, gender bias, retaliation, and specifically to look at the cultural issues that were very toxic to the fire department. The interesting thing about all of these reports is I had an opportunity to be part of every one of these reports as a representative of the women. And basically, they all say the same thing. They found that the culture was very toxic. They found that there was absolute gender bias. There was racism. There was rampant sexism. And that the cultural issues of the fire department needed to be addressed in order for the fire department to move forward. I think there were seven different fire chiefs during my tenure. All of them undertook these reports and recommendations. Some did something, some didn't. The previous uh, fire chief, Bill Bumatry, did great things during his tenure to really address a lot of the issues that impacted women and African-Americans. Unfortunately, towards the end of his tenure, he wasn't a real strong advocate for being authoritarian. Um, He didn't want to do a lot of discipline. So unfortunately, the issues just continued. And then, you know, we had other fire chiefs and it sickens me to be totally honest with you to hear and see what's happening five years out after my retirement. And like I said, I live in England, I'm retired, I'm enjoying my life, but I still keep myself available to any woman or male on the fire department and to the executive board of LAWFS to reach out to me if they have issues. And what's been really sad is to just see the backwards movement of the fire department under the leadership of Ralph DeRozas, And I'm very disappointed in, in Mayor Garcetti as well, because when I met with him prior to retiring, we told him in no uncertain terms seven years ago that, look, we've got these cultural issues on the fire department. We need to fix them. You need to appoint a fire chief who is going to be proactive, innovative, and is really going to have the tenacity and the moral courage to address the cultural issues.
0: What did you have to deal with in your career?
2: Well, in my career, I had several tragic incidences that occurred. Obviously, being one of the founding members of LEWFS and being the president and putting myself out in front and being basically the voice of the women. Yeah, I had a little bit of a target on my back, but I went through several incidences where I had a male completely expose himself, just be naked in front of me. And he just assumed that I should just deal with that because it's a fire station. And, you know, and I had to address that. I had to come to work, go into my women's bathroom and find that a male has completely urinated all over everything. When I did have these situations occur I directly went to the captain. I brought the captain there. I showed them what happened. And I was like, what are you going to do about it? So I never backed down. I was not one of these people that didn't report because being a representative of the women in an employee organization position, I didn't have the luxury to not report. So I had to just face this stuff head on. And it was really uncomfortable. Sometimes it was very scary you know, I had captains go after me because I wore my hair in a ponytail.
0: <laughs> Hearing these stories, I have to say, is really disappointing because in the public we have this image of firefighters as heroes. As you know, y- y'all are the folks who run into buildings, save kitties, save folks, and then just to hear this workplace culture that a lot of it—not it's not just harassment, but it's also juvenile. Where do you think this toxicity comes from?
2: Well, the fire service, as you well know, is a very traditional, historical department across the world, to be fair, that has always been kind of like a boys club because for decades there was no women. So when women and minorities started coming into the fire service and basically the white males, you know, they didn't want it. They didn't want minorities and they didn't want women because the prestige of being a firefighter, like you're saying, you're a hero and, you know, you get looked up to by the community and all that. That's all well and good. We do wonderful things and we serve because we want to help people. But I think the toxic behavior is born out of decades of men being at fire stations, being able to do what they want. And it was like their home away from home. You know, like when I came on, like, having Playboy centerfolds taped up to the wall in the tool room was like the norm. I'm sure when the guys were at home, if they were married and had kids, probably didn't have a Playboy centerfold taped up in the garage. So um, I think over time, this toxic cultural environment has been born out of the fact that you've got a majority of traditional male conservative white men who just don't want anybody coming into their sandbox. And... We don't live in a world like that anymore. We are a melting pot. Nothing is all white or all Hispanic or whatever. I mean, the fact that you and I are having a conversation and I'm on the other side of the ponds just goes to show you how small the world is really.
0: In late October, a group of women firefighters called for the resignation of Chief Ralph Terrazas for what they say is is that inability to address the issues that are happening at LAFD. And Mayor Garcetti, he's boasted about the gender and racial diversity he brought to the LAFD. But when it comes to women, the numbers are still minuscule, just 3.5 percent of the force. So what do you think needs to happen to meet the demands for a more equitable LAFD?
2: You know, recruitment happens by itself if they see that the fire department is doesn't have these toxic issues, then people want to work there. I mean, I went several years in my career where I wouldn't recruit women. If women came to me and said, I want to join LA City, I'm like, go somewhere else. Because it it wasn't good. And to see it backslide in seven years under the leadership of Ralph is, is is absolutely disappointing. Not surprising, but absolute abject failure of Mayor Garcetti. And the fact that Mayor Garcetti continues to back him Even though there's just a systemic problem of racism and sexism and abuse going on on the L.A. Fire Department today. And I'm not even there, but I hear about it because I get phone calls and emails and whatnot. It's just tragic, absolutely tragic. And it needs to stop.
0: When you do get those phone calls and emails, Stacey, what's your advice to the women who reach out to you?
2: The first thing that I ask them before I give them any advice is I ask them, what do they want to do? What do they want the solution to be? And most of them just say, I just want it to stop. How can you make it stop? You have to go to your captain. You have to go to a chief. You know, you can go to a female chief. I, I try to give them people's names that are currently working on the fire department. You have to come forward. And just across the board, they don't want to come forward because their fear of being retaliated against, the fear of being singled out and having a target on their back. The fear outweighs the actual abuse that's taking place. And that's the tragedy. And that is why it's so important for employee organizations to have strong leadership on their executive boards so that you can have a Chris Larson come forward and, and say what needs to be said. That is how you affect change.
0: And finally, Stacey, if an aspiring female firefighter goes to you and says, hey, I want to apply to LAFD,
2: what would you tell them? I would encourage any female, if you want to join LAFD, just go into it with your eyes wide open. If we can get a fire chief in place at LAFD to make those cultural changes and make it safe, then women will want to work there. I'm not going to discourage any woman from wanting to apply whatever department, but but I would be very honest with what the situation is in terms of the current state of affairs there and the current climate towards women and African-Americans and other underrepresented groups.
0: Stacey, thanks so much for this interview.
2: You're very welcome. Thanks for having me on.
0: And that's it for this episode of The Times, daily news from The LA Times. Tomorrow, the pandemic led to an explosion of skateboarders you've probably never really seen before. Our show is produced by Shannon Lynn, Denise Guerra, and Melissa Kaplan. Our engineer is Mario Diaz. Our editors are Shawnee Hilton and Lauren Rabb. And our theme music is by Andrew Eapin. Special thanks to Alan Zarembo. Like what you're listening to? Then make sure to follow The Times on whatever platform you use. Don't make us to Puccia Podcasts. I'm Gustavo Ariano. We'll be back tomorrow with all the news and desmadre. Gracias.